0: Are people called or commanded to follow Jesus? In this lesson, we will examine Matthew chapter 4, verse seven or 19 in the Gospel according to St. Matthew, where Jesus commands a set of men to be his disciples as fishers of men. And as we come to this text, we're really going to ask the question of where does the emphasis fall? Because a lot of times we talk about people having a call, but yet when we come to study the language here, there is a bit more of a command to come to the way of life. The difference in emphasis in calling versus commanding are very important if we are to understand the profound nature of Jesus's interest in moving people from the way of death to the way of life. And of course, when we talk about the way of death versus the way of life, we are looking all the way back to the Didache, which opens up telling us there are two ways, the way of death, the way of life. People who live in fallen creation, they start off just found on the way of death. It's the sort of natural course when one is born into fallen creation and they have inherited sin. But to divert from that, to move back to the way of life, is a very encumbering task, and it comes at a great cost, and it is only possible through Christ Jesus. So, welcome to Kingdom of the Logos, a Christian program of critical thinking and adventure, produced by clergy in the Church of the Nazarene. I'm Pastor Jay Dylan Proctor, and I've got one other here with me in the studio, here in Cord Purgatory.
1: I'm Pastor Anthony Allegria.
0: And today, we are going to be looking in the Gospel of Matthew. We're going to be starting in verse 18, and we're going to go to about verse 25, but we're going to break it up in different passages. Anthony, why don't you go ahead and start us off today by reading 18 through 22 in the Gospel according to St. Matthew. As
1: he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in a boat with their father, Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him.
0: All right, so we read this, and I don't know about you, Anthony, but you kind of get this, and it's almost like a fairy tale setup where you've got this call to adventure and of course we're doing this whole series the adventure of holiness and you find so many people that are really called to go on an adventure of holiness as they walk the way of life moving away from the path of death they come towards the way of life and it's very much an adventure and this is really set up like something you might find in some sort of fairy tale or a great epic or a great poem where you see some kind of everyday people they're approached literally by god and they're told to get up come follow me What do you think about that? Does that ever stick out to you, Anthony, just how this is set up like something we can all relate to? We can all see ourselves doing mundane things like being fishermen. Just out of nowhere, God comes and calls and says, come.
1: I think there's definitely a lot of room to expand on that. Um, Obviously, of course, uh, I guess every moment matters. And it is the little moments that, you know, they matter just as much as what we often think of as the larger moments. And so um, maybe... God is calling us to particular things, when it, and it could be just in mundane, mom, mundane moments in our life. We could Well, be I will say,
0: you say God is calling us. We're going to kind of put some questions around that. Is he calling or commanding us? Because that's where things get interesting. One can still ignore a command, even though like, it's a lot more serious to ignore a command than it is to ignore a call. But we'll get to all that, so let's talk about this. So Anthony, he just read from Matthew chapter 4. And as we read through this scripture, this selection out of Matthew 4, we can see how Jesus calls the first disciples in the gospel. And again, we are reminded that there are two ways, the way of life and the way of death. But ultimately, when we look at this, we are kind of challenged to say, is this a call? That is a more casual suggestion to come with me? Or is it something which is a bit more serious, like a command? People born into fallen creation are by default set on the way of death, but Jesus comes to offer an entrance into the way of life. And when he does this, when he initiates this transition, you know, we talked a little bit about the metanoia a while ago. I believe it was last Wednesday. We talked about the metanoia, which it is what we get in English as repentance, but it's a change of the mind. You are going beyond the direction that your mind was already moving towards. So basically your mind is going towards a certain end. You've got a certain set of habits, a certain set of behaviors you like to do in life. When the metanoia is enacted in your mind, sort of this repentance, you are changing that. You are changing the direction of your mind. Jesus, he comes to these men, these fishermen, and a lot of times we describe this as being a call. Even earlier as I read this, you read it and you say, oh, he's calling disciples. But oftentimes when we hear that in English, it seems very casual like he's kind of suggesting like oh you can come with me if you would like but really i think the text is being a little bit more serious than that we can see here that the first disciples as depicted in the gospel of matthew they are invited to come to an adventure of holiness but it doesn't come in such casual terms the lord comes to them while they are working and he offers them a new work opportunity Again, disciples are workers. I've talked about this for a long time. Many times when God comes to people, the great entrance into the kingdom of God is not where you'll come to a place of leisure and relaxation, but many times the new opportunities and even opportunities out of suffering are to come and do work. They are not idle. They are not things where people come and they sit and they kind of occupy their minds while letting their hands and feet become lazy. And we see that here within the story. These men, they certainly were fishermen. They're fishers. But now they will go on an adventure with Jesus that will require a lot of physical labor and activity. They're going to be walking a lot of places. They're going to be doing a lot of things. This interaction with the fishermen is very interesting because we do see this everywhere. We hear this, this language of becoming fishers of men all over the place. But at the same time, it is nonetheless profound. We shouldn't think of it as just being a, a cliche part of Christian theology. It, it really is a very profound thing. These men know very little of who Jesus is, and yet he comes to them commanding them to go along with him. So, Anthony has actually done some translating work out of the Greek. Anthony, would you share with us what Jesus says to them when he comes in chapter 4, verse 19? What exactly does, does Jesus say?
1: Come behind me, and I will make you into fishermen of men.
0: All right, so that's Anthony's translation of the Greek. So, good job to Anthony for... Doing his studies and getting there. But, Anthony, would you justify to me a little bit why you chose to translate that in the way you did? And what is so different about saying, come behind me, rather than just saying, follow me?
1: Well, I definitely do think that there are some uh, connotative differences. I don't think they're overly massive. I think translations that say, follow me are still trustworthy, translations in general. It's not something that I would throw out a Bible for, but. Um, It is a little bit more particular to say, to use the word come, at least for us English speakers, simply because come does communicate more of a commanding connotation rather than to follow. It's very rare that in English we ever uh, command someone to follow or to, um, you know, invite them to follow, whereas we use come a lot more frequently, and the original, and the original Greek Greek words there that we can find in the manuscripts are literally come and behind. So um, a lot of times English translators today, just to make it flow easier, will use follow. But literally it is come behind me, and it really doesn't lose any meaning to us in the English language. We would not seem to misunderstand and think, okay, he's telling the disciples to walk ahead of him or to lead the way. Obviously the disciples were meant to follow him but in using the word come it is a bit more authoritative
0: all right so you studied the greek a bit anthony is this a command or is it a question does he come over to him and kind of say come with a question on the end like you want to or does it come and it's something that has a definitive you know hard punctuation at the end that says come here
1: i uh, absolutely would never call this
0: statement a question okay mm-hmm. and that's i arrived there too when i translated this And I took a little bit more liberty in my translation to add some things to try to kind of get the feel of the Greek, not just doing a word-for-word translation, but I would say something like, come here, get in line behind me, and I will make you fishers of men. Um, And again, that's a more liberty-taken translation just to kind of explain some of the, the connotations there. But what we find is that when Jesus comes, it really is a command. It's this idea that says, come here. In fact, the word that we get there sounds a lot like the English word duty, deote, um, which basically means come here. Like you can say that as a, or use that in a standalone statement saying, come here. And basically Jesus is saying, come here, get behind me, and I'm going to make you fishers of men. And this really is a a really big shift. When we think about the the modern world, a lot of times we talk about people having a call and really things get in really a passive mood when this happens. I I know Anthony can probably validate that, but we talk about people's call, things kind of get watered down a little bit. And it's something which isn't taken as serious as I would hope for it to be. Um, Not a lot of rigorous thought is put around it. And it's kind of made into a subjective thing where it kind of flows and you know you can put on your flowers and stuff and say oh this is my call but really a lot of times god comes to people and says come here do this this it's a command anthony um yeah i would definitely agree
1: i would say it's not really the words fault no it's not (laughs) because whenever you consider call it actually does have some pretty um forceful motions behind it if you get called by somebody as in, I'm gonna call Dylan over here or something like that, I'm gonna call for him. It's sort of a big deal. <clears throat> and if you don't answer that, uh, that leaves the situation pretty lacking. Um, but uh, frequently today, a lot of people who do describe uh, what would be the command of ministry to be a call, often don't treat it as a command and don't treat it treat it very seriously.
0: Yeah, and that's the problem with it. And this is really the whole reason of this conversation too really put an emphasis on how serious this is and it's something which applies to everyone you know these they are fishermen they're everyday people doing an everyday run-of-the-mill thing something like a fisherman is kind of necessary to make society run sort of like someone who might be stocking food at a grocery store or something like that they're not people who you see a lot of times put in the public spotlight to get a lot of attention but they're necessary for the the gears of society to keep moving they're like really important Um, It's the working class people that society is built on top of. They're not really in the center of a lot of debates, don't necessarily get a lot of attention. You know, when we read stories and we write stories, we don't always want to emphasize like somebody just stocking food or being a fisherman. We want to say, well, where do they go after that? But when God looks at the world, God says, no, these are the people I'm coming to. It could be any one of you. And you know, they're not people who are skilled orators. They're not people who have a long list of public speaking and a big repertoire of all the things they've taught. They're just everyday people, and God comes to them and says, come, get behind me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And another thing with with calls and commands, like one can disobey a, a command, obviously, but it's a lot more serious to disobey a command than it is to just ignore a call. You think of like a phone call, something happens. I know there's like an insane amount of robocalls. That happen. Most of mine are like credit card stuff, or you know, sign up for insurance or something like that. Uh, you know, I, I get like a crazy amount of these throughout the day, but you know, I, I've got to where I ignore a lot of them, and unfortunately, that sometimes means that I miss some important calls that I'm needing, just because I put my phone on silent because I was sick of getting like four calls in a row that were just a computer. But at the same time, ignoring a phone call is not as serious as someone ignoring a direct command. You know. A lot of you have seen the dogs that I have. Um, I only have one dog now, but Count, the blue healer, you know, he knows a lot of commands. Most of them are in Russian. I talk to Count, you know, I tell him things. You know, it's a lot bigger deal if he disobeys a command than if I'm just laying with him in the floor and being like, you want to play with your toy? Do you want the donut or you want Pikachu? Which one are we going to play with? You know, sometimes he'll be like, ah, I don't really want to play right now. But when I'm doing things like trying to show him tricks, even he knows it's bad to disobey a command. Like he, he feels shame over it even when he does it. So it is a lot more serious to disobey a command than just a more casual call.
1: Anthony? Um, I would actually, I would disagree just a little bit and say that it is a big deal to ignore a call. But on the flip side of that, a lot of people treat calls today today as though it could simply mean that anybody could have answered it. Yeah. <clears throat> and well yeah, that so, is true. Yeah. Uh, you know, um it's sort of this like idea of like a vague <clears throat> call that anybody yeah. could have answered. It's not personal and it's not direct. Whereas yeah. with command you do get the full connotation that it is if you received a command, it is going to be directed towards you personally. Um, it's not just something vague that anybody could have just picked up and heard and decided to go upon. Though please hear me whenever I say that anybody can choose to follow Christ, I believe yeah. that we're all commanded to follow Him, but um, it's not just a vague call that we have. It is a very direct and personal command. Though I will also say that that I, I think that's more just the way that a lot of people treat the word call. Yeah, we should really focus on, uh, you know, um, enforcing the idea that well, the calls reason why do carry commands with them.
0: Well, the reason why I would say that calls don't always carry a command because like somebody can call you back. Like if you get a command, say you're like on a ship and someone says, I need you to go do that right now. Or even like you're doing something like farm work and somebody says, go do that. Like there's an immediate need for you to respond and carry that out. Whereas something like a call may actually be a casual thing. Somebody calls and says, hey, would you like to hang out or have lunch today at noon? And something may happen. They may say, oh, well, we'll reschedule that. There's sort of an looser and wider spectrum of what a call can relate to Whereas commands are usually kind of pointed in the situation, this needs to be carried out and answered now. Whereas you don't always get that with a call, something. But I do follow what you're saying, and that that is a good point. And going back to our study of the language, because that's really what we're doing here. um, We are trying to emphasize how serious it is when Jesus comes. They're commanded to join him. They are commanded to leave behind their current work and begin service under Jesus as he goes on his holy quest of ministering throughout the land. Again, we've been calling this whole series The Adventure of Holiness, and it is just that. And a lot of people, they find themselves wrapped up in this. Even people who would never expect it, they find that, oh, God is interested in me. He does want me to go on the adventure of holiness too. And that is the story of all of us on humanity. God wants all of us to turn from the way of death and move back towards the way of life. These men, these fishermen, they are equipped for labor. They are not workers who are used to doing intellectual or oratory work. They're not people who have been out doing public debate. Again, in ancient Greece, there were people who were just public debaters. They would debate things. They would be hired to be making public arguments, even if they weren't their own arguments. Sort of like we have people now who do um, like lawyers and things like that. You get hired to make an argument on behalf of somebody in a court. This has been going on for a long time. But these men, they have no qualifications like this. They have nothing around them that would make them obvious choices as disciples for for a rabbi. Forgive me. Got something in my throat. Yet, they are commanded to do so all the same. It is important to emphasize the command nature of Jesus' interaction with them. Jesus comes to them and he starts something that cannot be ignored. Jesus comes and initiates a new opportunity for these men, and they really are commanded to get up, leave everything behind and join him. Jesus comes to them, and again, they had been out there working. It's not a petty thing. You know, people are doing serious things. They have their livelihoods, but Jesus says, no, come with me. Naturally, whenever we look at this, there's another question that our minds may come to. And a lot of people, when they come to free will, when they look at the Gospels, they, they find themselves saying, well, do they really have free will in doing this? Or was it just God predestining that these men would do that, that they would just get up and come after them? Naturally, our minds want to ask the question of what was it about Jesus's command that caused them to actually get up and immediately follow him without any hesitation? In the past, and already in this episode, I've referenced the Greek term metanoia, which in English is often translated as to Repent. This word, while it does mean to repent, it specifically means to have a change in the mind about the direction your life is going. These disciples, they answer the command of Jesus and enact a form of metanoia. There is a change of direction in their lives that they're willing to do. Now, it's not a simple repentance here with an audible confession of specific sins, but instead there is a physical change. It's almost a physical repentance. And it's one that is deep within the race. It's this deep repentance that you kind of find all the prophets of old coming and saying, I don't even have to know what your sins are. You're separated from God. Repent of that and come back to God. You know, go away from the way of death. Make a covenant with God. Really, you find Jesus comes to them, not really directing any particular sins or anything, but kind of says, come with me. I have the way of life. And there's this movement that happens where they move from what they're doing, just this fallen state of mundane life. And they go on this adventure with Christ Jesus. They have a physical change where they stand up, leave the way of death, and they change their course towards the path of life. Now, Of course, that Greek term metanoia is not there within this text, and I'm not suggesting that it is. I'm just pointing out the logic of here we see a huge change take place in their life when they decide to answer this call to adventure. And I say a call, but again, it's really more of a command. So one of the things that this reminds us of when we look at where we're at here in 2019, here in the the church of, of today, we are all commanded to go on the adventure of holiness. For these first disciples in Matthew's gospel, it meant leaving behind one field of hard labor and entering into another. Their lives will not be simplified as a life of leisure. Oftentimes people think, well, if you're going to do church work, surely you're getting away from the hard work. But for these men, they're going to go into a very dangerous and entertaining adventure. They're going to move into an area where they find a lot of confrontation. They're going to be placed in a situation where there's a lot of spiritual trial going on around them. There's going to be people trying to figure out who is Christ, and they themselves are going to have to work through a lot of this as they go through life with Jesus as he is here on earth, and then after he goes to the cross, and then he ascends, there are going to be a lot of points where they have to figure out how to be spiritual leaders. And as they become ministers to the world who teach the good news of their newfound Lord, they really must be living the way of life. Matthew's account gives us an almost fairy tale image of how the first disciples came to be with Jesus. This is one of the points that I discussed earlier on in our program, and I really want to come back to it because this is really a place where we can insert ourselves into the the gospel. These men here, they are common people. They're engaged in common work. They're doing things which often get little attention from society, but they are nonetheless necessary to the operation of society. We oftentimes find that we look to the world around us a lot of people are doing things whether it be people just holding the roads together people doing things in hospitals nurses doctors school teachers these are people who don't necessarily get a lot of attention but they are fundamental to holding society together we get people working in factories building the things that we use every day again they're very essential people who build houses people who do manual labor people who even fix our driveways and things of that nature they're all very essential and when we come to the text, that really is who Jesus is coming to. These common people doing common work, and they are commanded to get up, follow him, follow behind him, join him on his mission. And you've got to think, for these people here, again, it is very fairy tale like. Their lives, they're about to be forever changed. They will go from being everyday common people who would normally be overlooked by history to some of the most influential people in human history. And that's a huge jump. And they didn't ask for it. Jesus didn't come to them and ask for their consent. And they were not special by any worldly standards, but they were nonetheless summoned by God. And this reminds us something about God's nature. There is a difference between what is visible to God and what is obvious to man. Jesus' choice of followers were not obvious candidates for this line of work. But they were nonetheless commanded by the Lord all the same. From the human perspective, we tend to enjoy stories where royal descendants in disguise are waiting to return to their throne rather than thinking about stories of people being simply at work. But from the perspective of God, when we look at these fishermen, we see that, well, they may have some royal status after all because from the perspective of God, all of humanity has a royal status. From the eyes of Jesus, all of humanity has royal value as creatures set apart to serve God through exercising dominion over the earth. And one does not need worldly qualifications to live by God. God desires for us to be His excellent servants in all areas of life. And we are called to pursue His holiness and be excellent in all that we do. Why? Because God is perfect. Yet, when we begin the adventure of the way of life, we often begin as people who are ill-equipped for the journey ahead of us. But, nonetheless, we should respond to the command and go on this journey. Jesus never invites those that he commands to debate with him about how inept or how unworthy they are to serve him. He simply comes to them and commands them to follow. And in this, they begin their adventure in the kingdom of God. And here in these first few moments with Jesus, these new disciples are thrust into the public spotlight where they will walk with Jesus as his disciples. And let's go a little bit further in our Matthew text because, again, these men, they're thrust into some very serious things very quickly. Anthony, would you pick up for us in Matthew 4, 24, or 23 through 35. Or those numbers are wrong in our notes. 23 through 25 is what it
1: should be. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all the sick, those who were afflicted with various diseases and pains, demoniacs, epileptics, and paralytics, and he cured them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and from beyond the Jordan.
0: All right, so within a few seconds, we can clearly see the work cut out for these. It's not small. It's not petty work. Within just a few moments, they're thrust. They're casting out demons alongside Jesus. They're seeing all these things happen. There are crowds coming, and these followers are now submitted to the name of Jesus, and they will forever be associated with the works carried out by their Lord. In the opening of our scripture today, Jesus was walking along. Again, this whole idea of walking— this idea of going on the adventure, Jesus was well into his holy quest, and he stopped to command some fishermen to follow him on the way of life. And the cost of answering this command to enter the way of life is very high. However, the cost of refusing this command is even higher, for it would have left them on the way of death. And that's where we're going to end today. Anthony, do you have any thoughts before we leave? It's kind of a a nice closing there. While they were commanded, you know, the... The cost of answering it's high, but the cost of not answering it's even higher. Any final thoughts, Anthony? Nope. All right. Well, with that, I guess we will head on out. We thank you all for joining us, and forgive my voice for being a little bit out. It's probably one of the worst ability to talk that I've done here online, but all the same, we hope that you have a good day. God love you, and take care.